Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness, and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change with your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. Happy, happy, happy Tuesday. Today is Tuesday. It's May 16th. And today is Honor Our LGBT Others Day. So shout out to Dennis Perone and all and of all the freedom all- that have helped us to get this far. National Do Something Good for Your Neighbor Day. National Sea Monkey Day, because everyone loves a sea monkey. International Day of Living Together in Peace. Not sure what that's supposed to mean, but whatever. It's also National Barbecue Day, so you know what Gretchen's going to make for dinner. And it's also International Day of Light, as well as National Coquilles Sealy's Jacques Day. National Biographers Day and National Classic Movie Day, along with National Love a Tree Day and... Just the last three, you guys. Gretchen's favorite. It's National Mimosa Day. National Check Your Wipers Day. I'm not sure why that even makes sense today because you should be doing that before the winter starts. And I'm a Bloody Mary girl, Jason. I don't like mimosas. I'm with you. I like Bloody Marys over mimosas, too. I'm, I'm, I am going to agree with you on that, Gretchen. And, and get ready for this. It's National Deface Your Day Day. Deface Your Body Day because it's National Piercing Day. And Isn't that every day for you, Jason Beck? I don't have any piercing, Gretchen. No, the National Deface Your Body Day. <laughs> that, that's National Piercing Day. That's my point. It's Deface Your Body Day. All right, you can't take a joke. You're no fun. Gretchen's not having any fun today. I'm going to tell you right now. Jason got his nipple pierced. You guys are just haters. Whatever. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at nine with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to find out where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube and audio only on Clubhouse. And if you are joining us in Clubhouse, you can also participate in the show by raising your hand if you have a brief comment on the story most recently presented. But... Kicking it off today. That's right. It's Rico Lamide. It's the dope dad who made his way back to the jungle or some other planet where he is taking care of a little baby Yoda. That's right. It is the dope dad himself, Rico Lamide. Thank you very much, Jason. All right. So my story is coming out of beautiful Thailand. The stick or the carrot? The answer to that question was settled generations ago in Thailand. But going forward, who knows? Thailand's 56-year-old health minister and cannabis advocate, Anutin uh, Sharv... Sorry, I'm like going to butcher this. Sharv Vinikarl, uh, turned heads Sunday, 
showing up in black in a black shirt and bright green t- cannabis leaves printed all over it to cast his own vote for as a prime ministerial candidate for the Boom Jaitai party, campaigning on a promise to promote medical cannabis after successfully pushing for decriminalization last year. Without explicit regulations in place, rec use has flourished and Thailand's become a cross between Southeast Asian Amsterdam and Las Vegas, bringing in kind of curious tourists in from far and wide and turning conservative haters into live action Arthur memes, shaking their hands, shaking their fists silently at DW in disgust. The irony is that Newton promised voters if he were reelected, he'd tighten regulations to curb recreational use and restrict cannabis to medical use only. But like a wolf in sheep's clothing, a Newton was all smile Sunday, emerging from the voting booth in that cheesy ass weed shirt that he had on. And though he refused to answer any press questions about the shirt's significance, it was blatant that it was a nod to the youngins out there watching that he's 100% down for the culture with a K. A Newton's party ran on the same platform in 2019. In that election, he became, they came in fifth place, giving it a position in Thailand's current military-backed government. In a country with 52 million eligible votes are at stake, a new leader uh, could stand to upset the, upset the uh, status quo of nearly a decade of military governance, headed by retired General Prime Minister Prayuth Shanoka. Prayuth faced off against populist platform of the opposition Few Thai Party, backed by billionaire Shinawatra family, which was which has won every election in Thailand since 2001. When the results were tallied, Thai voters delivered a surprising and stunning verdict in, in favor of Few Thai, advocating for significant institutional reforms in the country. However, this could mean a reversal of current cannabis policy, which has led its current unregulated market and faced criticism from many parts of society. Thailand's reformist opposition and the youth-led Move uh, move Forward Party, MFP, won big, securing 152 seats in the majority in the House of Representatives. The MFP now has to reach an agreement with the Few Thai Party, which also secured 141 seats. In 2018, Thailand became the first South Asian, uh, South Asian country to legalize medical cannabis, and they decriminalized recreational use last year, allowing home grow for personal use And after notifying their local government and removing the cannabis plant from Category 5 list of controlled substances. The, uh, those opposed to the policy voiced concerned about negative impact on Thai society. The decrim efforts for personal use and cultivation were initially intended for industrial purposes, but, the, but that backfired. The trap sales rapidly expanded throughout the country with lawmakers failing to implement necessary regulation. Technically, the sale of recreational cannabis remains illegal in Thailand, but enforcement has been inconsistent at best in cannabis shops and consumption stalls found on nearly every street corner in major towns and cities across the country. While the MFP's position on cannabis led by Pita Limjaranat is less clear, the new few Thai leader, uh, Fatognarn Shinawatra, uh, has taken a firm stance against weed, telling Bloomberg's recently that she does not want her children to grow up in a country where drugs are easily defined and cannabis is liberalized. Futai aims to uh, reclassify cannabis as a narcotic while preserving medical use, but it's unknown whether the effects on the current oh, cannabis yeah. policy can be reversed in practice because the sale of cannabis for recreational use is creating such a lucrative market. It's a market that the Thai Chamber of Commerce forecasted to grow beyond $1 billion by 2025, which could be a game changer for all involved. But its government is torn on how to move forward. So Thailand's, 
cannabis industry is currently in a state of limbo. On the one hand, cannabis tourism has revitalized the local economy, bringing the Southeast, uh, Southeast Asian nation back into prominence. On the other, both dominant political parties are advocating to curb unregulated rec sales. What will they do? It's obvious the genie's already out of the bottle and the Thai trap is doing what the trap does globally. Win. So it'll be interesting to see if the new Thai government actually becomes uh, actually comes together with some people first policies here instead of following America's several failed po uh, political paths into legalization. But if history serves as a point of reference here, chances are they'll choose the latter. Get your popcorn ready. Rico Lamit, dopest dad on the street. Love to hear from the rest of the team on this one. Will Thai land go forward with recreational or are they going to curb all of the efforts? I mean, I, I just can't wait. There, there's going to be flights with so many Americans flying back from Thailand after this. They're like, hey, we got to get out of here. They're going to start prosecuting everybody. Yep. I, I think that if anyone thought that, like, Asia was just going to run wild with cannabis, like, they're, they obviously haven't been paying attention. I mean, they're still, like, you know, like, giving you lashes if you, like, spit on the street in some of those countries there. So it's like, hey, you know, that's fine. I think it's great. I think. I think honestly, Thailand, um, the rich history, the deep history with cannabis um, and also like smuggling to America. I mean, that's a, it's a great story. It's, it's meant for the big screen, but you know, it's not meant to be making green, if you know what I'm saying. How much of this is pressure from China? None. Uh, <laughs> do we know, um, are there any actual market numbers, Rico? Like how much is cannabis really doing for yeah, Thailand? I was surprised my... when you said that Thailand's making a comeback because of cannabis. I was like, really? That, yeah, that was any... my question. Are there any the, numbers? The, 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 the tourism. So everybody is, I mean, um, if you've seen some of the, uh, videos posted on, uh, Twitter of, uh, the uh, prostitution is through the roof. <laughs> well, well, the cannabis tourism is through the roof. You know, yeah. but it's like it's it, like yeah, that was a lot of money. Prostitution was always through the roof in Thailand. Like it, five, that's, the, nothing, that's nothing new. The <clears throat> passport bros are going out there for cannabis and uh, going out there and having a good time, and it, it is it's it is stimulating the local economy. Just put it that way. Um, who knows what the real numbers are when it comes to actual cannabis? Because it's all trap. And um, it's all trap. Yeah, right. and they are. It's all, um, it's all import. Well, sure. local growers are all complaining right. that it's coming from America. I get wait, wait. Okay, so we hold on, hold on. No, wait. But, but, but. Yeah. I did a quick old little Google because yeah. Google's my friend, and uh -huh. it says the Thai medical cannabis market because they have medical, I suppose, is yes. 122 million. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm going to say it's probably even more than that, realistically, because they're getting thirty dollars a gram for indoor flower right now. From right from right from Los Angeles, US. right from yep. sunny Los Angeles. US. That's right. California cannabis. That's why that's why the crackdown is happening and it's gonna be a be an issue. I think it's a shame. I think it's a shame, shame, shame that Thailand is not tapping into its own genetics on in the country from the We're country. Trying. No one no one from around the world wants that though. Oh, yeah, they no want one. that they want that gas from the the, the Los Angeles or the area. That's, this just affirms this just affirms California grows the best weed in the world. No one wants to smoke that outdoor booth, Nicole, and you know it. 
You don't even want to smoke. And, 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 and don't, Nicole, Nicole, when I go to when I go to a country, I am looking for the local genetics. Period. I don't want weed that from California that's been shipped to that country. It doesn't make any sense to me. And, and I Nicole, love you, Nicole, Nicole. You're such you're a unicorn. We love you. And, and Nicole, you I'm said, with you Nicole. She's no unicorn. Uh, why would you shame? want local grown? Oh, you want God. something that's supposed hey, to be hey, grown hey, there. Hey, 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 hey. You only hey, want local Nicole, grown if it's good weed. Shame. And we covered that story last week that all of the Thailand farmers, all the Thai farmers are complaining that they can't sell product, period, because yeah. there's too much yeah. trap because product. Because the high, the high California. quality California weed is, is flooding the market. And I it's doubt that. Over. Let me tell you. Well, there's, there's a lot of connoisseurs It might be out flooding the, the market, but it might be, it may, I think it's the cost. I don't think it's the people begging for No, 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 because the outdoor weed is the cheaper cost. California, no one's buying no one buy outdoor weed. They can't compete. Gretchen, Gretchen, I want to see. You, I want to see Gretchen's stash. Guys, I want to see Gretchen's head stash. Gretchen, pull me. out the head stash, girl. Let's see what you got in that box. Yeah. What you uh, got what? in that bag? I, I will say, and people have seen, I have consumed. And when I consume, <laughs> I like the, the outdoor. I go with outdoor. You, you I don't like the indoor. Gretchen, that's the unsophisticated palate. That's my unsophisticated, humble. Palette I love. Don't give me that bullshit that y'all grow down there in hot With ass all LA. The and all the stuff. I Whatever like Joe putting on it. Sun grown I'm just gonna say give me I'm the good stuff. Say, Indoor took best to show in the Emerald Cup this year. Just saying. Oh, okay, Jason. Yeah. Because we know none of those contests are ever biased. Hey, hey, hey. Like let's not, let's any not of have trash talk the let's not trash talk the winners. Are you going for a recount? Recount. The, the, the Emerald Cup is the most fair on the planet. It, it's I the believe most you. prestigious. Who, who won? I mean, when you say the winner, who was it? We got uh, second place. Fig Farms, Blueface. Fig Farms, Blueface. Ooh, Fig Farms. Shout out to Fig Farms. Yo, check that out right there, guys. Oh, yeah. Saman, Saman, Saman got a, uh, Saman got a, won an award. He took second place. <laughs> so, Saman, you got a, you got a participation trophy? Yeah, uh, place. yeah, I got a consolation. <laughs> no, my uh, my partners and I, the women led Congrats. hello again, and uh, my my you know the founders, my partners, we did uh, some great work over the last four years, and I'm so proud. These ladies are incredible, and they've taken this company all the way to the top. And um, you know, from our humble beginnings in my kitchen to here, it's a good feeling. So respect. Dope. Congratulations. <laughs> Hey, Come on, all, all, all of Hello Again's products is all made with indoor flowers too. Uh, we're no, actually, it's not. It's made with organic. <laughs> it's made with organic, like like herbs and different plants. Organic um, and, herbs and and, and I use THC and CBD. And uh, uh, the, we'll get into that one day on the show. I'd love to uh, be able to highlight the product, but. Look, we're changing lives out there. We're healing people with cannabis, regardless of, of whatever, age, gender, anything, ethnicity. Yeah. This is something that transcends everything is uh, using cannabis for a, for a better life. And how soon, how soon do you get, until you get your product on the streets of Thailand? Uh, you know what? That, you know, that's a great question. We'll talk, we'll, talk to, we'll talk to the Thai government one day. But look, I mean, this is uh, one day we will be able to do all this. And this is just part of the the game, which is and today, uh, you know, one of today is today is not the day. But we got to go to a commercial because today is not the day for that. <laughs> it is actually my story. Oh yeah. 
yeah, you know what time it is. That's right. It's Tuesday over here at Green Street, and we got Smokey Vanilla with us in the building. So that's right. It is time to stretch and smoke. We just got done smoking. Now we're going to stretch it out, and then we're going to smoke again. Let's go. I'm Smokey Vanilla with my background in kinesiology and bodywork massage and assisted stretching. You got to come check it out, baby. Check me out on IG at Smoky Vanilla One Stretch and Smoke, Twitter Smoky Vanilla, Social Club Stretch and Smoke, or also on Sports Recovery by Dan and Jam. If you want to feel as good as I look, then make sure that you get a stretch and smoke in with Smoky Vanilla. Yeet! He Let is me just the say cannabis. something. I always want to feel as good as, as Jason Beth looks. Always. Yeah. Exactly, Nicole. That's what I'm talking about right there. This propaganda. Exactly. Is oh, it really possible to feel that good? <laughs> yeah. You, you, saw, you, saw the, you saw the tent that he pitched. Anyways. Oh. <laughs> Going forward. He is the cannabis industry's longest continuously operating retailer and the man who says that he is the only one that can push 45 into running on cannabis legalization. Y'all know who it is. Jason Beck. Oh, yeah, you are so right about that, Rico. You are so, so right about that. Um, but today I have a very interesting story coming out of the sunshine state that's right florida because a florida marijuana proposal goes to the state supreme court you guys attorney generally or excuse me attorney general ashley moody has formally submitted a proposed adult use marijuana ballot initiative to the florida supreme court and signaled she will argue that the proposal doesn't meet legal requirements to go before voters in 2024 Man, I bet Kim Rivers is pissed right now. She put all that money into this. The political committee Smart and Safe Florida is sponsoring the proposed constitutional amendment and has far exceeded the two two hundred thousand, excuse me, two hundred and twenty two hundred thousand eight hundred and eighty one petition signatures needed to trigger a crucial Supreme Court review. After receiving notification from the Secretary of State, Cord. Cord Bird last month on Moody on Monday took the step of seeking an opinion from the Supreme Court about the initiative. The Supreme Court reviews issues such as whether proposed constitutional amendments are limited to single subjects and whether the proposed ballot language is clear. In her filing, Moody wrote that she thinks the proposed amendment fails to meet the requirements of part of the state law. Though she did not elaborate, she wrote that she will present additional arguments through briefing at the appropriate time, she states. In addition to needing approval for the Supreme Court, the Safe and Smart Committee needs to, to, to total at least 891,523 validated petition signatures to put the measure on the November 2024 ballot. The State Division of Elections website listed 786,747 valid signatures as of Monday afternoon. The adult personal use of marijuana proposal would allow people 21 and old to possess, purchase, or use marijuana products and marijuana accessories for non-medical personal consumption by smoking, ingestion, or otherwise. Florida voters in 2016 approved a constitutional amendment that broadly allowed medical cannabis and... And the Congresswoman wants marijuana 
whoa, why is that there? That's weird. Sorry, guys. But no, no, no. It's that's all good. That's it just continued a different article. Sorry about that. That is that is basically the wrap on what's happening in Florida is that this voter initiative is getting challenged at the Supreme Court level before it even goes on the ballot. Florida, you're probably going to get screwed and not going to get to vote for medical cannabis this 2024 election. That's going to be my my guess, because this is kind of the same tactic that they used the first time before they got medical cannabis on the ballot in the first place. There was a few hiccups around this, around this single subject issue in regards to Florida. And I'm going to just wait and see. And I'm pretty sure Kim Rivers got to be pissed. She dumped over five million dollars into this. And this is where it's ending up right now. But I'm going to digress and see what y'all have to say. And this is Jason Beck reporting for the high at nine news. What do y'all think? You mean adult Ooh. use, don't you? Yes, adult use. OK. Um, Sorry, did I misspeak? Yes, as usual. Uh, Oops. Question. <laughs> when it, so much. Do you have any actual language from this bill? What are they complaining about? What are they saying is not. She she and did not she did not speculate she did not speculate she, she just, just says it's it no doesn't good. it doesn't cover it is not uh covered under the single use subject and that she said that she uh, let me go back to the article so I can give you her exact quote mm-hmm. um uh where is it uh in her filing Monday she wrote she th- that she thinks the proposed amendment fails to meet the requirements of of part of the state law, though she did not elaborate, she wrote that she will present additional argument through the briefing at the appropriate time. Which means she's stalling. She's looking to see how this is all going to happen. She's stalling, writing papers, protesting. Well, I don't know if the woman's stalling. She's probably just trying not to give away her uh, strategy there. It's called the stall tactic, Gretchen. That's what, isn't that what stalling is? It's called politics, Jason Beck. Um, it's called stalling. Stalling. <laughs> stalling. We we shall see. I I think I think we'll me, I think Florida wants adult use. I don't think that the Supreme Court is going to stand in the way of this. I think it's going to happen. You think? You think what does Ron DeSantis want? Oh, what? Huh? Ron DeSantis wants what to keep it. What does Ron DeSantis want? What does Meatball Ron want? He's he, his he actual name is. He, wants to, keep it he away. wants to he wants to defund the social equity programs. That's what he wants to do. <laughs> oh man, I have a story all about that for tomorrow. Criminalize them. He was, he was a jail social equity applicant. <laughs> 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 crazy. Stop it. No, what's crazy is taking Black history out of education and school. That's crazy. So. Yeah, that's crazy. And not being able to say the word gay <laughs> in school, right? That's crazy. Can't, yeah. Can't be indoctrinated. Disney World for uh, uh, wanting to hire gay people. Yeah, it's because yeah. they're indoctrinating kids, Todd. Oh, oh yeah. don't, don't, don't. <laughs> <laughs> let's go to commercial. in Disney World and then try to shut it down. And here's a word from our sponsors. You guys are so, so, so funny. So, so. No, uh, yeah, Florida, I mean, if they don't go forward with recreational, if they don't go forward with uh, adult use, I think Florida could be a bastion of uh, of hope for a medical only state. You know, they have so many old people there. You're crazy. That MSOs are selling garbage cannabis. Members in Florida, they come to Las Vegas or they come anywhere outside of Florida and they're like, oh, this is how it's supposed to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's right. They are doing that too. Or, or they all go to Thailand. Or they go to Thailand. 
And what did Ron DeSantis say? DeSantis said that um, to renew a license is going to cost a million dollars. They got the money to do that. It's only going to be the biggest of the big, and that's a perfect place. Florida for already is the biggest of the big, bro. Right. Florida already is that. Okay, so like just, just like to make it. Is, there are like, no pharma small operator there. options yeah. in Florida. Exactly. Florida has eight hundred thousand patients. Going what forward. was the what was the recent application um, opening for? It wasn't the um what they what they referred to as black farmer. It wasn't that. It was the. Uh, uh, my story is going to cover that tomorrow, Simon. We're going to get into that in a whole. Oh other time. well. All right. Well, I'll digress. Well, let's. Simon's such a visionary. Yeah. Vision, baby. It's so futuristic. So There's modest. no way on God's green earth that Florida is going to remain a medical only state, and I will put good money on that. Mm. I agree with money Richard. that J- like Jason money. Beck won't pay out, but they like the money. I, I've always paid out. Please, I put out and pay out. What about but that? they Kentucky like the bet. money only for the big operators? So they want the to, money. They're going to placate to them all, yes, always. That part's true. Yeah, that part's you're right about that. So they want the money. They see the money that they're making the money right now, selling garbage can't um, medicine to people in Florida, and so of course they're going to go adult use. Florida, we have interstate trade. I'll tell you that much. All the booths that they produce, they will, they mm-hmm. will. But as they say, it's a club, and you're not in it. You ain't in it. That's yep. right. You ain't in it. My name is Bonnie, and I've been all up in it. Big shout, big shout out to Meatball Ron, though. Meatball Ron out there making waves. <laughs> Meatball Ron, bro. His name is Sanctimorium. It's what? D Sanctimorium. Ron de Saint Yeah, there we go. Yeah, there we go. Yeah. I like meatballs. I like meatball Ron. Meatball Ron. This freshman likes meatballs. Who doesn't love meatballs? It's National Barbecue Day. Who doesn't like meatballs? I don't know, man. Meatballs I don't know. Some people don't like meatballs. It's national. It's National Italian Grandmother Day. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna go over to our feisty little redheaded conservative Gretchen Gailey, who's the founder of Muppet Strategies and loves to dress her dogs up in ridiculous outfits and parade them all around Washington D.C. as a public display of mutiny. More animals. PETA needs to intervene. But nonetheless, she's coming up to tell us all about a funny, funny story that I cannot even believe that she is covering today. But I'm gonna digress because we have Gretchen Gailey. All right. Thank you for that lovely introduction, Meatball Beck. Here we go. Uh, My headline today is coming from the Daily Herald out of Jason's favorite state, Illinois. Uh, A lounge for pot smokers is coming to the OK Cannabis Dispensary in Wheeling. A Wheeling Cannabis Dispensary has been given village permission to open the first recreational consumption lounge in Cook County. Patrons of the proposed area of OK Cannabis will have to follow a slew of rules before getting high there, however. Perhaps most significantly, only customers will be able to smoke in the lounge, and they'll have to buy the pot they intend to smoke from the dispensary on the same day as their mandatory reservation. That means people won't be allowed to bring weed from home, and edibles of any kind will be forbidden. Patrons will be permitted to use only pipes or other smoking devices purchased at OK Cannabis 2. Additionally, reservations will be limited to 90 minutes with an additional 30-minute cool-down period, during which consumption won't be allowed. Alcoholic beverages will also be forbidden. And just like the entry rule for dispensaries across Illinois, lounge patrons will have to be at least 21 years old. 
After a lengthy presentation from one of the OK Cannabis owners, Wheeling's Village Board on Monday announced unanimously approved the special permit for the lounge. Under state law, municipalities can allow on-site pot consumption at licensed dispensaries, but few have. The only such consumption spot in the Chicago area is at Rise in Mundelein. Uh, OK Cannabis opened in early February in a building shared with Westtown Bakery Cafe and Lounge. Both businesses are a part of the Chicago-based 5050 Group. Uh, 5050 Group president and co-founder Scott Weiner talked about his company's plans for the lounge and answered questions from board members Monday night. OK Cannabis is on the north side of Wheeling's Restaurant Row, and Weiner called the lounge a unique opportunity for the largely commercial strip. There's a demand for it, he said. The board also heard opinions from a few audience members about the proposal. Two supported it, with one saying he and his like-minded friends are looking forward to using the space. A third person, occasional government critic Deborah Wilson, opposed the request, calling a cannabis lounge a public safety risk and a bad idea. Uh, Now, I know Jason thinks this is a dumb story, and I don't really care about the story at all. Uh, The reason that I read it is I would love to hear people's opinions on social consumption lounges are they really worth their weight at all i mean with so many rules put on them especially this one you got to buy it there that day you can only have their products yada yada are they really providing the relief that many had hoped for in this industry um are they are they worth the effort this scratch and pride nine news well i'm gonna that's a great question from 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 a business perspective if you have a a uh, consumption lounge i think that's a great means for people to to consume the products that they have purchased in the store now from like me as like a consumer side do i go to uh consumption lounges and smoke their weed in the store no i smoke my own weed and whatever i'm gonna smoke my own weed i'm not going to a consumption lounge to go and buy their weed to smoke their weed i'm going there to smoke my weed if i would choose that yeah, but the question is, are you really going there? You know, do, do cannabis consumers really need a lounge, right, to go smoke yes, weed? They do. A lot of people can't even uh, smoke, smoke cannabis in their own homes. I know, I know in, my, in my apartment, I, I, I'll get a $500 fine every time I consume flour inside of my house from my homeowners association. And there's Does another it stop number. you? So how much do you owe at this point? There's, and there's a number of people. There's a number of people that live in public housing and Section 8 housing that sure. would lose their housing if they got caught smoking inside of their house. So, yes, there definitely is a need for this. However, how the regulations are set up, it's only for the rich to be able to to get the, the, the benefits of the consumption lounge and not for the people that really need it to be able to have a safe place to actually consume. Jason Beck, to your point, uh, people they're not setting up lounges for people's needs. They're setting them up to make money well, and no, it, for well, a, a bar setting for No, 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 Gretchen. They are when this whole medical cannabis thing first started, okay, mm-hmm. we smoked cannabis inside of the dispensaries in San Francisco, uh, Oakland, Berkeley. You set up and you smoked in there because there was a designated place for people to have a safe place to, to consume. Yeah, sure. That was it's, the initial intent. Yeah. Okay, and then legalization came around and screwed all of that up. That's true. And and Gretchen, here's the reality is like mm-hmm. if if that's the case, if you're like, hey, this is whack, then what needs to happen is like what happens in places like Oklahoma or New York where you can just smoke anywhere and it's 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 lawful. That's what we're missing in a lot of these states that legalize. You can't smoke on the street. You can't smoke in a public right of way like a park or something like that. So where where are some of these people to smoke? 
if like Jason is saying, you know, like he can't, there's in, in his building, you can't smoke. There's a lot of people that, that have that problem that don't have like a balcony or something sure. like that. No, <laughs> I get that. Uh, 100%. However, so it's like so... You're, breaking, you're like breaking the law basically if you're doing it outside. So where I know. else are they supposed to I've do? been there. The question is, the is uh, let me ask the actual question before you guys try and answer what I'm going to ask you. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Breaking the law. Go ahead, Gretchen. Are y'all done? Are you all done now? I work on this out of our system. <laughs> but there's so few states that actually allow the consumption lounges currently that True. there's a lot of municipalities that don't allow consumption lounges that's correct there's so there are a lot of municipalities that don't allow dispensaries i mm. I, I just i'm missing i think what was the point of the whole thing i don't i mean i get what the point originally was i'm saying it's not there anymore i, I mean your question was does it like are they getting it, the value out? yeah yeah it doesn't matter i think i think it matters but i also think like we just have this like weird way of like integrating this cannabis thing into like normal society with like people wanting to like hang out at bars like commingling alcohol and cannabis is such a big problem for like the regulators right so it's until they figure it out we're just it's going to be some weird stuff i guess oh this is funny I I ingrid who who lives in chicago she says that okay cannabis is also serving booze and coffee wow interesting so, shout out for the crossfade not sure can <laughs> right. That's how it was in California with the cannabis cafe. The they cannabis weren't cafe. alcohol there. There was no alcohol there. Nope. And nope. 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 And nope. Hmm. No alcohol there. Now they did. They do, have, they do have a separate address, and they did apply right. for a soft liquor license to where they can serve beer and wine. But you can't actually walk with that into the same area where you consume cannabis. Yeah, yeah. But that, 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 just silly. that happened. That happened like way, way, way at the end. Like when they first opened for right. the first year and a half or whatever, there was right. no, no, none of that. Right. They, they, they didn't get that secondary license until like, like, like a week or two before they closed down due to COVID. All right. Yeah. One last question. One last question uh, for our right. business-minded folks in the room. Anytime. Any. Always happy to help. Thank you. Would you, would you get a social consumption lounge license? Yes. Would you put the money, the effort into it? You think that there's money in this? Well, first, of all, first of all, you don't, you don't, you don't like apply and get a social, uh, social consumption lounge. You get issued that by a local municipality who is allowing for that type. What are you of talking about? That's how. That's how you get it. You get a okay. license. What are you talking a, about? It depends. It, it, Gretchen, it depends on what else is coming with the no, license. No, I'm saying just straight up do? social consumption. I have a friend who has yeah, a social lounge license and that's it a conditional license can you sell food can you can you sell entertainment there like if if you can sell other uh -huh. things yes like if you're just doing consumption like how are we gonna yeah you're exactly. not gonna that's what i'm asking is it worth it? Is it worth pizza. the effort well, that's why I'm saying if you're connected with a dispensary and the dispensary subsidizes that space, then that makes sense because they're going to get a benefit from their customers being able to. And do if it. they like, don't, then you're not going to make any money, and there is no no point to having it. You might as well just stand on the sidewalk and smoke weed. Because, like Nicole, well, you were you were well Vegas market too. Exactly yeah. What happened? You know, how this was exactly what happened, what happened in Vegas, right? Yeah. So in right? Vegas right now, they are um, the lounges that are, will first open to market are going to be attached to dispensaries. They're going to be retail operators. And so right now in Vegas, you have Nubu that already has had a consumption lounge now for the last three years. Yeah, but um, they're and, they don't even count. 
their reservation. They're not subject to the same. Oh, I, I understand that. But what I'm saying is in that model, it was a t inside of the dispensary, which makes sense. Um, but when you are independent, there's going to be 20 independent licenses that have been issued out here in Nevada. Um, and they have to come up with something pretty clever to bring people into their lounge, into their consumption venue. Um, you know, I know one concept um, that GLP is doing is going to be a farm to table concept. So it's probably not going to be um, smoking. It's probably not going to be combustion at that type of venue. It's out in Perron. No one's going to so, go to that. Well, you know, we'll see. We shall see. Um, you know, people from Las Vegas drive to Pahrump for their organic produce. So we'll see. We'll see how that works. I mean, they're going to have to create some sort of experience around it. It's going to have to be some type of chef, maybe a 3D type of retreat um, that they'll have to attract people to come all the way out to Pahrump to try an infused um, farm to table dinner or meal. They're going to have to tie it into one of the brothels out there. And uh, that, that'll increase traffic. If they put it in the brothel, people would go. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Artists in the hotel. People would literally show up for that. But uh, we got to go to a commercial, you guys. We're going to be right back. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Oh, yeah. Thank you guys all so much for tuning in regularly and watching us here at High and Nine News. Make sure you head over to our website. Go over to www.highandninenews.com. Make sure that you are signing up for our newsletter. You will get a confirmation email in your inbox or possibly even your spam box, and you will not be subscribed until you hit that. So make sure you search that out and find that. Also, make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. And also, too, Please make sure that you tell all of your friends about Hyatt Nine News and share this channel with them because organic growth is the best growth. Control Tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2,600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The Control Tower from Highly Educated. You with us, Rico? He is me. You're the man. Speaking over each other today, man. Man, so much spice. He is the co-founder of the Smuggleverse and president and founder of Digipath Labs and a dope granddaddy with a golden voice. Coming up next, y'all know who it is, Todd Denkin. Thank you. Thank you very much. And uh, because I'm a granddad, I have a grandma and grandpa story. Uh, headline from uh, Cannabis.net, grandma and grandpa are getting way too stoned. Doctors issue warning about seniors and THC. 
There are a number of reasons seniors are trying out cannabis for medical purposes. Some seniors turn to cannabis with help uh, sleeping. Researchers found that overall, cannabis helps seniors get, on average, an extra 30 minutes of sleep per night. Study participants use smartphones and actigraphy watches. I think I said that word wrong. To log into their sleep patterns. Some seniors believe cannabis can help with battling aging itself. Seniors are turning to cannabis to treat common symptoms of aging, with nearly 80% of those who reported using cannabis say they did so for medicinal reasons, according to a study from researchers at the University of California, San Diego. Results of the study, cannabis, an emerging treatment for common symptoms in older, adult, older adults, was published on October 7th, 2020 in the Journal of the American Geriatric Society. Hashtag Cannabis Marketing Director Christine Bryant described today's more potent weed as a different animal. The difference is when using a topical, you're not going to feel the intoxicating effects of THC, but you will feel some anti-inflammatory effects that THC can provide for the skin barrier. That's the difference with an oral product like a gummy or a chocolate, something like that. You're going to uh, process it through your liver and you're going to feel it throughout your entire body. In the event that you consume too much THC, sniffing black peppercorns is an old hack that can reduce some of the effects, but not all of it. And studies show improvements and setbacks due to seniors' cannabis use. Last January, researchers from the University of California, San Diego, published a study in the Journal of American Geriatric Society suggesting that emergency room visits involving people 65 and older who use cannabis have increased 1,800% in the past 15 years. Another study published in the Journal of American Geriatric Society also reported an uptick in seniors who are consuming cannabis. In a survey of nearly 600 adults in the age range, found that 15% reporting used marijuana products in the last three years. Anyone getting into cannabis should be aware of the proper titration in order to prevent panicked calls to the emergency room. And due to an uptick of incidents involving seniors consuming too much cannabis, doctors are warning older citizens about how to consume the plant correctly. Eating edibles in particular, without the proper guidance, is notorious for causing panic, though the risks are rarely physical. KOMO News in Seattle reports that doctors want to inform seniors about ways to avoid panic and an unnecessary emergency room visit. This can be solved with simple education about the differences between edibles, topicals, and smokable products and how they affect us differently. It's the responsibility of any consumer to properly research before eating an edible or consuming a high THC product. Uh, There are a number of different situations where you could end up in the emergency room department because of a combination of cannabis and medication or cannabis and another product said Dr. Leanne Hirano of the Geriatrics Department at Harborview Medical Center in Seattle. If you are a first-time user, or if you are somebody who is used to using products from the 60s and 70s, today's products are way more potent. Your body and your metabolism might not be used to that level of potency, she said, and it can be quite scary. The Wall Street Journal reports that seniors are often susceptible to consuming too much cannabis if they are used to lighter doses. So once again, education is necessary for everybody, especially seniors. I'm Todd Dankin with Hyatt 9 News, a dope-ass grandpa. (laughs) So 
Uh, I prefer the high quality, high THC products, uh, but that's me. My my metabolism is is used to it. But uh, yeah, lots of uh, seniors go into the emergency room because of uh, a gummy. That's Todd, great. Todd, are you eating a lot of cannabis, or are you uh, vaping or or smoking? What's your I usually smoke, and I'll, I'll do a gummy to uh, go to sleep um, every once in a while. But uh, yeah, edibles. They mess me up too much, so I don't really uh, imbibe. <laughs> so we have to consider. I prefer to um, smoke a joint. Yeah, me too. I'm a flower girl too. I prefer to smoke, but we have to consider that um, this this study or research that was kind of done um, group study. We it doesn't say where they're getting these gummies from, right? It, they could very well be Delta Eight gummies out of the gas station. Um, oh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's legit. I mean, you're. I mean, you know, what is legit though? Well, well, well. Your liver is processing this stuff, and so imagine, like, you know, like you're you're you've been alive for so many years, and your body has gone, your organs have gone through so much, and now your body is, you know, enzymatically converting these things to another higher, like a, a more potent version of the of the drug. When when it converts to delta hydroxy eleven, it increases the the effect and the potency of the delta nine like like significantly like mm. 10 like 10x okay mm. so that's mm. so that's what's happening and that's why they're getting like this unintended effect that's what most people get like when right. they freak out on on edibles so it's just how our body is is dealing with like breaking these things down and that's really it and so i i mean but you're right like it could be some like weird delta nine converted from cbd that has some delta eight in it some weird stuff it's kind of like but also know. but also i always recommend to my senior to anybody really that that ask um if you're trying to get the medicine from cannabis then putting sugar on top of your cannabis dosage is just not good like and and any of those gummies any of those edibles the sugar is the first ingredient cannabis oil is the last ingredient yeah so how much cannabis oil are you actually getting you're way get probably getting way more sugar in each dose that you're taking well, that's 100% true. And, you know, those things are, I mean, they're complex, right? Because your body's also used to like taking and absorbing those, but it's absorbed differently. Um, but like, yeah, I mean, sugar is just the most convenient uh, thing, I think, for, for, for edible makers. Also, to, also you know, too, if it's, if it's a sugar-based edible, it's going gonna, it's gonna, to um, uh, absorb into your bloodstream as opposed to going through your liver um, like a traditional edible. So I think that might be part of the reason for the sugar as well. I mean, yeah. no, the sugar is for taste and the sugar yeah. is to make it like yeah. candy. And so the sugar yeah. is to, so that it, you don't not, feel like not, you're consuming not candy. that's not always true, Nicole. I mean, yeah. I mean, for, yeah. for, for just a THC thing, it's not sugar does not like, uh, you know, automatically pass the blood brain barrier for the cannabis for the THC part. You know, your body has to go through the normal pathway. It goes through your, you know, <laughs> through your digestive system. So it's um, yeah, it gets in your blood through that and through your like liver and through you know, so it's more process. faster acting if there's sugar in there uh, no that's a, not, yeah. not no, no you need a fat you need a fat as a carrier and it doesn't necessarily have to be sugar you, butter it's i mean you need, a, you need a high density lipid but like there's nanotechnology so what they're doing is they're encapsulating the the, the oil okay. base with a water with a water molecule basically. So the water molecule can pass through the blood brain barrier and it's carrying this oil-based non-polar, you know, compound, which is THC or CBD or whatever cannabinoid, um, even, a, you know, terpene could, could pass through, but the THCs 
much more you know much more complex so they have to create pretty significant emulsions and like force these um these uh solute like products to be solubilized so it's uh it's a whole thing but that's you know sugar is not th that does not mean it's gonna uh, work faster. So whoever's hearing this, just know that that's incorrect. But Jason, but Jason's, you know, either, Jason either way, either way, whatever form that seniors are consuming their cannabis in, I think a, a good takeaway from the story is there needs to be education. Um, yeah, if you yes. look at, yes, and I will speak from personal experience. My mother, I guarantee you has consumed much more cannabis than I ever have back in the day, long time ago. Uh, in when she was in college and all that jazz in the 60s fine i buy that um but now she has i actually got her back on to using a tincture uh because she had concerns about her health and she had no idea where to begin she didn't even know what a tincture was um just the formats have changed so much from where a number of seniors have come from before and she didn't even know where to begin with dosing and i'm not a regular user so i had to ask friends who were able to guide her able to guide her towards the right products uh to try um but and her doctors don't know jack i mean it, it took her three or four tries to convince her doctor to give her the recommendation so she could go get her medical card in pennsylvania um and it's just i think for a number of seniors who may have used in the past the formats and all the consumption habits have changed so drastically from when they did because she was not consuming as I grew up. This was not, you know, she did it. That wasn't her path forward. Uh, but now that she is actually able to use it, and the only reason she's using it is because I told her to, is because she was concerned about her health. And I'm like, cannabis is what you need to be doing. Screw what your doctors have been telling you. And she got 100% better. And she did not go for it. I told her to do it, not her doctors. But she did it for a medical reason. So listen There's to not Gretchen. enough advocates like that talking to our seniors. You're absolutely right, Gretchen. They're, they, they're, they're, it is not the um, weed of the 60s, of the time that they knew. It's totally different now. And they're overwhelmed. Most of them are overwhelmed when they walk into a dispensary. And they've got some young bud tender telling them, right. yeah, this high THC product, yeah, that'll work for your sleep. Um, uh, you know. And I can't go in with her. That's another concern for her. She won't go into a dispensary. I have to look for it first. I have to explain it to her. I will go get it from a state where I can use my card to go get it because she's too scared or too confused to go in. She's afraid they're going to try and sell her something else. She and just I, those trap products they yeah. sell there in Washington. Yeah. See, Gretchen, but we got to well, go to the commercial anyway, right back. Listen to Auntie Gretchen. Uh -huh. <laughs> Educate your seniors. Auntie, Auntie, Auntie. <laughs> How's it going, guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio-only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Oh, yeah. Coming up next, we have the little purple-haired princess herself, right? Coming in right from Nevada. That's right. It's Nicole Buffong. You can find her here on Tuesdays. You can find her on Power 98 in Las Vegas, Nevada on Wednesdays. Oh, yeah. Bringing the perp. That's right. It's Nicole Buffong. Oh, thank you so much, Jason Beck. And just for the record, it is Power 88. Uh, right here in Las Vegas. Right, every power 88. 
Power 88. That's right. Get it right. Get it right. Um, so thank you, Jason, for that introduction. Um, I'm going to jump right into my article today. It was um, posted on Benzinga. Why cannabis farmers in um, Eswant, Eswatini um, are against legalization. Uh, growers in the local growers there do not um, are opposing proposed cannabis reform. Marijuana activists and farmers in Eswatini, previously called Swaziland, are raising their voices against the medical marijuana legalization bill. The South African Kingdom, uh, the, so the Southern African Kingdom, is looking to reform its century-old drug laws by legalizing marijuana for medical and research purposes. However, cannabis advocates in the country say the proposed law disrupts the current trade, which has been helping many families eke out a living for decades. Marijuana farmers argue that the legalization is crafted in a way that would only serve the kingdom's upper class while they will suffer the economic consequences. Doesn't this sound familiar? Eswatini's Cannabis Association um, chair told Semaphore that the measure is aimed only at establishing a new regulator, the Medicines Regulatory Authority, which will be allowed to import, export, and trade wholesale cannabis and cannabis products. They cannot be both the referee and the player at the same time, um, the, the, um, the, the chair said. You cannot, as an authority, give yourself an export and import license while also issuing the same to people. Marijuana farmers are afraid that under the proposed law, they will have to compete with wealthy, wealthy businesses, which is true. Eswatini cannabis is popular under the, same, under the name Swazi Gold and is often praised for its high potency and medical properties. The country's traditional marijuana farmers would rather continue to be in a difficult position regarding the regulation than see the reform that would undermine their operations. Unfortunately, many are not optimistic about the proposed amendments from Eswatini Cannabis Association being included because of the organization's lack of political power in this absolute monarchy. What will happen to marijuana legacy growers in Eswatini, where healers are known to recommend cannabis for medical purposes, remains to be seen. Um, this is unfortunate. Um, I'd love to hear what my fellow correspondents think about this story. Um, it seems to be history repeating itself, um, allowing the rich to benefit from this industry only um, and leaving out the legacy operators that have been providing medicine to their citizens for decades. Um, so I'm interested in hearing what my fellow correspondents have to say about this story out of Africa. It's Nicole Wong reporting for Hyatt 9 News. Sounds like it's very unfortunate. Sounds like very unfortunate. watching what's going on in Thailand and they're like, not in my country. Right. Exactly. The pot, is, uh, pot industry is an oligarchy, right? I mean, only the rich can really participate, not only in Africa, but everywhere. That's right. right. Because it's, a, it, it, it's just the way it has been set up, right, in order to produce all of this tax revenue. Unless, so, you, um, have, unless you have organizations on the ground advocating for the opposite. Uh, in Hawaii, the, those big operators try to come into Hawaii this last legislative session. They created language that would have eliminated the co-ops, that would have eliminated the people that are providing medical cannabis for the people in that country for 20 years. And right. advocates said, hell no. Um, yeah. and, and they're going to have to keep showing up. And they're going and, and those bills did not pass in the legislative session. Um, and so if nobody is showing up and, and the only people showing up are the people with money, the lobbyists with the money, um, then that's what happens. 
Uh, so we, it, it's like we can't, the fight never ends. <laughs> and believe me, I saw it. I watched it happen. I was in Hawaii twice this year and I yeah. saw the advocates on the ground say, we are not going to allow our cooperatives to be destroyed with adult use coming in. If the only way to do it is to allow only MSOs, then we're not going to have it. And right. another year goes by without adult use in, in Hawaii. I mean, I look the the whole thing is just totally upside down, right? It was it was so much more vibrant and and so much better for all the caregivers, but you know the government didn't have the control, and that's what it is. The government is trying to just gain control over us independent, you know, sovereign individuals out here that are making stuff happen on a big level, and it's um it's unfortunate because Africa, you know, obviously has has been mired with like the colonization and, and, and all that. And a lot of those, you know, farms and, and whatever are to be exported. And, you know, it's like those people on the ground, they never get really their, um, their, their just desserts, as they say. But I, I think personally, um, you know, there's no, it's like the cat, the cat, we've opened the Pandora's box, the cat's out of the bag. It's not going back in. So it's like, you know, everything's going to have to reform in one direction and then it's going to have to reform back in another direction after that. That's just how the political game is played, you know, and, and I know we have our, our astute political operatives here. We have Gretchen and Jason who have been in the, you know, have been there and are, and are continuing that fight. So, you know, respect goes to them and respect goes to all the colleagues that are doing that because it's, it's not just an American thing. It's a global thing. And we're going to have to set a pace for a re-reform you know, after the fact. So, you know, hopefully that happens, but that's a sad story. Yeah. I mean, California is a perfect example of seeing the co-ops go away, you know, and this oligarchy taking over of all cannabis industries. I think the co-op way is a really good business model. And, but actually uh, was a really good business model. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Was, I guess is the, is the right term. You're right. Definitely. Be but wary, it, keeps the, uh, it keeps the medicine away from people who don't have the money. And that's the whole concept is people who need the medicine very often don't have the money. Doesn't so, Nicole, how does this change? How do, how do you make change? Just by showing up with signs and signatures? Doesn't, uh -huh. the, doesn't the insurance industry work the exact same way, though? Yes. Yes, it does. Yes. That's all. Signs and signatures matter. They matter, Todd. Yeah, right. well, I'm saying, I mean, how do you change it? But, but look at the biggest scam in insurance industry, the biggest scam in America. You show so we, up, the more people we, that show up, the better. The, yeah. the politicians listen to when people show up. Like, Yeah, show up to protest adult use, people. You hear that? Show up to protest adult use. Keep it medical. <laughs> that's, yeah, keep it. That's what we need to do. All right, let's keep it moving here. So up next, we got a patient advocate and 15-year regulated market in industry vet who's worked all across the U.S. from Colorado, California, Florida, Massachusetts, and New Jersey. Y'all know who it is, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Saman Harazani. All right. Well, I got a, I got a heater out of uh, marijuana moment, our favorite. Uh, this is about interstate commerce. Regulators and advocates discuss next steps for marijuana interstate commerce. A top California marijuana official says that the U.S. already has an established interstate cannabis market. It's just been unregulated, forcing cultivators to make the choice between staying legal by isolating products from each operation to one state or engaging in illicit activity by selling across state lines. But now that three states have enacted legislation positioning them to authorize marijuana imports and exports, the conversation about the future of cannabis commerce is evolving. 
with stakeholders, advocates, and, and regulators becoming increasingly mindful about the opportunities that would be created by a borderless industry. The Alliance for Sensible Markets hosted a webinar on Wednesday at which a California cannabis regulator, a former Washington DC regulator, and an attorney discussed the problems with the soiled status quo of the marijuana markets and the efforts to enact legislative and administrative reform. All three Western coastal states, California, Oregon, and Washington state have enacted legislation that would authorize governors to enter into agreements with other legal states to allow marijuana imports and exports once federal policy changes. Colorado, uh, I'm sorry, California's law also uniquely contains a provision to trigger that authorization, uh, I'm sorry, to trigger that authorization if uh, the state attorney uh, general issues the opinion that interstate activity wouldn't create a significant risk of federal enforcement action, which is very interesting. Matt Lee, general counsel for California Department of Cannabis Control, says that said that restricting marijuana markets within state lines is economically untenable. If the Michigan auto industry could only sell cars to people in Michigan or Florida, orange growers could only sell orange to people in Florida, or if the California wine industry could only sell wine to California, I'm not sure that each of those would be a viable legal industry, he said. He also observed that it doesn't seem like coincidence that, there, that the three Western states that have moved on interstate commerce legislation are the ones most closely associated with selling marijuana outside the state borders through illegal, unregulated means. A huge motivation here for me, at least, goes back to one to one key way to strengthen our legal cannabis market is to stop forcing folks to choose between that legal market and the interstate market, which historically all the action has actually been done. Lee said, adding that the states have been grappling with this inherent tension under federal prohibition. Regulators want to promote participation in the legal market and keep activity above board, but and quote, on the other hand, the point of legalization is to bring the market out of the shadows and into the regulated space. What grabs me about interstate is that this is the space where I'm not sure you need to make some of those hard choices or hard trade-offs. He said, this is, a, this is a way to grow the pie for everybody in a way that can still work in states and still protect all the important interests that the states are already protecting. Beyond normalizing the industry and fulfilling the objectives of legalization, Interstate commerce would also help address the diverse supply and demand issues of each individual state, said Rafi Crockett, a former commissioner of the D.C. Alcoholic Beverage and Cannabis Board, who is also a member of the Cannabis Re Regulators of Color Coalition, CRCC. <clears throat> we do not have a, the physical capacity in Washington, D.C. to grow enough cannabis to satisfy 700,000 residents that live there, the 20 million plus visitors who come every single year to the city. We can't do it, she said. Our cannabis is going to continue to come from Oregon, from California, from Washington. So let's work out a system where we're able to do that in a way that's safe and provides patients with the best access to the best medicine that they can have. And that is allowing for small businesses in those states, small businesses in my jurisdiction, to all continue to thrive, Crockett said. We have a cannabis industry, a flourishing, thriving cannabis industry that has operated wonderfully for generations, she said. We produce it in the Northwest and we consume it in other parts of the country that works. And we know it works. We've all been, we've all been used to it through our, throughout our lifetime. And so the imposition, the imposition of the new and completely artificial industry is a real problem here. 
what we need to be doing is looking at how does this market work? What are the best things that are good for the market? What are the things that we can learn from that market? What are, what are maybe some of the red flags or things that we might not want to adopt from that market? But that's one that we're, we already know how it works. So let's take that model and utilize it. We are never going to get rid of the unregulated shops unless we do that. The panel also talks about federal policies, including the Controlled Substances Act and the U.S. Constitution's Dormant Commerce Clause. Marijuana is federally prohibited as a Schedule One drug under the CSA, but Lee said that the, that the law doesn't contain unambiguous, unmistakably clear affirmatives that speak to the interstate commerce issue. What's more, a federal circuit court ruling in Maine last year affirmed that the state marijuana laws with residency requirements for cannabis businesses violate the Commerce Clause, which meant to prevent states from enforcing policies that unduly restrict interstate commerce unless given specific instructions from Congress. In November, the Oregon marijuana business filed a lawsuit in, other, in another federal court declaring that the state's current ban on cannabis exports and imports to and from the state violates the Constitution. Lee said that a lawyer, as a, Lee said that as a lawyer, he feels there is substantial th theoretical force to, to the Commerce Clause arguments. Though that he added, the cannabis lawyers in particular. Uh, in particular, often need to temper our legal theory with a bit more political pragmatism. Looking ahead in the short term, stakeholders are eagerly awaiting updated federal marijuana guidance from the Justice Department, something that the Attorney General Merrick Garland said that his office is actively working on. And now that might affect the conversation around the interstate com cannabis commerce. Also, after California's legislation was enacted last year, Lee authored a letter to the state attorney general requesting that the office provide a formal opinion about the potential risk of authorizing cross-border marijuana imports and exports. Lee said that the re regulators are still waiting uh, for, an, for that opinion, and they're probably going to be waiting a long time. The California attorney general's office told the marijuana moment last week that they have no updates at this time. Adam Smith, founder of the Alliance for Sensitive, Sensible Markets, uh, said during the webinar that they are working to coordinate with the West Coast governors to get, them, to get them to request specific interstate marijuana guidance from the Federal Justice Department. But he said that in general, we feel that it is tied up for a political decision that will allow this to happen. If we can get the tolerance and gu guidance from the Justice Department, this year, he said, I think we will have a conversation going on the highest levels between between states by the second half of this year and on how to get this stuff off the ground and moving and uh, and that we are conceivably and likely, in my eyes, going to be moving between uh, cannabis, between legal markets in the first half of 2024. That's incredible coming from this person yeah, on the right. other side. On the other side of the country, New Jersey's Senate president introduced an interstate marijuana commerce bill last year. A legislative committee in Maine recently rejected a similar legislation. But as the chair said, it could be revisited through another vehicle. And that's Simon Rosani reporting for Hyatt 9. This is a doozy of a story, guys. What do you all say? I think uh, interstate commerce is necessary. It's, it's just necessary, right? Uh, you, you brought it up in the first part of the article, right? We don't, we don't just buy oranges in Florida, right? It's just silly. <laughs> it is, it is um, a pipe dream to believe that you're going to have interstate commerce in whatever timeline Adam Smith just gave. 24, is, second half of 2024. That is For, oh, a first pipe dream. First of all, there's first two first. things that have to happen before you can have any form of interstate trade. Okay. First of all, you're going to have to have 
uh, cannabis off of the controlled substances list. Right. Okay. So that's not going to happen in that amount of time. Okay, Simon. And then secondly, you have to have a standardized uh, testing for each of these for for like like overall a standardized testing uh, standard because you can't have a vape cart that tests clean in Oregon that wouldn't test clean being sold in California under under California's testing requirements. So until there's some baseline federal path on that type of a platform. There is going to be none of this, and all these people are just hyping people up that don't know where to follow or understand how to be led into into some vast land of of never happening, basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I you're right, you're Jason. Right. I mean, the fact That's that left. testing uh, regulations are different in every state are just dumb. It's, <laughs> it's just dumb. I'm in the testing business, and you're right. It would have to pass testing here in Nevada to be able to – it would have to pass in, in uh, California. And to create that standardization, you're right, is very far away. Yep. Oh. yep. Pipe well, dream. I wouldn't say it's that far away. They're selling pipe dreams. I, and it's going to kill social Well, equity. at least they're selling pipes. There are places that have the standards. We just need to adopt them. Go for it, Gretchen. What you got to say about this? Well, there's not a standardization you know, nationwide. No, I'm saying – I'm saying – I'm saying – the feds have the resources. These standards are available. They oh, just they don't are. care I to use them. Uh, yeah. I mean, so I don't think I don't think the standards mm-hmm. argument would. I don't think the testing argument is the issue. Um, I, I agree, Jason, that there has to be a, a universal standard. I'm saying those standards already exist. If the feds wanted to put it in place tomorrow, they could. Um, but, but then it'll. But they're not. They won't. Uh, exactly. But. Then when they do put it in place, a whole lot of products gonna fail and get thrown out. A hundred percent. That's well. Sure. The, I mean, every lab across the country uses their methodology a little differently, and that's why we see this relative standard deviation from lab to lab. It's you know usually it's within you know ten to fifteen percent, which is bad. You know that's a bad that's a bad range for analytics. Um, but you know to be to be fair. They can, you know, with with regards to that, yes, but like they can get a. T- they're asking, you know, these governors to to lobby the judicial, you know, branch that's to, not, to not get a talk. Hold on, hold on. The governors are lobbying the judicial branch to give them a, a guidance on a, what tolerance are, they'll allow, and that can it's supersede things. Yeah, but they can supersede things like having yeah. to get cannabis removed from the CSA. You I'm know how much guidance that- they're going to get? They're going to get a good old piss up a rope. Exactly. Piss up the rope. That's the uh, word of the century. Piss up the rope. That's from uh, that's yes. from good old Dale. Piss up yeah. the rope. Also, <laughs> good, good. Last point, and, and then we can close out uh, Rico. Uh-huh. But the other point is that if you think there's going to be interstate trade amongst just a few states that that have, hey, we're next to each other, whatever, and that would be through an interstate compact. Interstate compact have to be approved by Congress in order to be approved. So the fact that these governors are getting together to powwow and whatever, yeah, that's great that they're getting together to talk about this thing because it's an important subject, but they're not going to be able to get anything done. It's going to be all just for optics and fundraising and whatnot and, and pandering. I, I have no faith in the government, just FYI. Yeah, yeah, that's, <laughs> nobody does. But um, thank you all out there for tuning in with us for yet another episode of High Nine News. You can always catch us weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, High Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the Super Fan Show and Love and getting their comments projected on the big screen live or 
live audience members and online supporters across platforms tuning in and giving us feedback on the daily headlines. Our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, all of our sponsors keeping us, keeping the train rolling. And of course, Jaja Simone over there holding things down for us in Clubhouse, keeping our AV struggles to a minimum. To the haters! I'm usually all about the love, but today I'm hoping your fingers cramp up mid-keystroke and you end up tearing a tendon and can't roll joints anytime soon. Yeah, I said it. And as always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 News team shows up to read these headlines every single day. Thank you. It's Tuesday, May 16th, 2023. The show is over and you've all been blessed with today's top industry headlines. Hope it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until tomorrow. I'm Rico Lamid, the dopest dad on the street with your daily reminder that when life gives you no place else to turn, you can always turn the fuck up. And uh, close us out today, Saman Razani. You got the closing words for us. What you Coming got? from me and my daughter, we're going to say positivity, oh. respect each other, and love each other. Say hi, Rebecca. Hi, Rebecca. Oh. <laughs> We got to go fix some dollhouse. Love you guys. Much respect. <laughs>